0: Happy Sabbath, everybody. Welcome back to The Rebuild. This is a series we've been doing now for four weeks running. This is week number five, and I'm excited of what God has been doing so far because we're understanding that God sometimes will call you from Babylon and lead you back to Jerusalem. Babylon may look good, Babylon may be comfortable, but yet God may say, go back to Jerusalem, a place of peace, though it may be in pieces, because where God is calling you to is often the best place to be. So in the context of this series, we're looking at the people of the southern kingdom we know as Judah that have to come back to their homeland and rebuild what has been ruined. Perhaps things have been ruined in your life and you're wondering what you should do and so in this series i've been trying to help you to uncover and recover and discover tools and skills that you need to be able to rebuild so i hope god has been speaking to you god has been helping you and for anybody who has come for the first time or this is your first time tuning into this sermon series we are happy that you are here and if you want to catch up on all the sermon series You can watch our live streaming services beginning August. We have all the sermons up to this particular point. The good news is the uh, cut sermons are back. You can actually catch last week's sermon on its own. It's on YouTube right now. And I want to appreciate Frankie and the team for putting that up. So I want to welcome you again to the rebuild. And last week we're looking at Ezra chapter 3. And what we're going to do today is to consider Ezra chapter 3 beginning in verse number 7 and we're going to take it all the way down to verse number 12. So if you got your word, get it out uh, and we're going to get into it right now and just allow God to speak to us, right? I I want to lay the foundation of our sermon looking at Ezra chapter 3 verse number 7. If you got your Bibles, please read with me and I'm reading from the English Standard Version. Verse seven says, so they gave money to the masons and the carpenters and food, drink, and oil to the Sidonians and the Tyrians to bring cedar trees from Lebanon to the sea, to Joppa, according to the grant that they had from Cyrus, king of Persia. Check verse eight. Now, in the second year after they are coming to the house of God at Jerusalem, in the second month. Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, and Jeshua, the son of Jozadak made a beginning. Together with the rest of their kinsmen, the priests and the Levites, and all who had come to Jerusalem from the captivity, they appointed the Levites from 20 years old and upward to supervise the work of the house of the Lord. Verse 9 says, And Jeshua with his sons and his brothers, and Cadmiel and his sons and the sons of Judah together supervised the workmen in the house of God, along with the sons of Henadad and the Levites, their sons and brothers. I love verse 10. Pay attention to this one. And when the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, the priests in their vestments came forward with trumpets, and the Levites, the sons of Asaph, with cymbals to praise the Lord according to the directions of David, king of Israel. Notice verse number 11. And they sung responsively, praising and giving thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures toward Israel. And all people shouted with a great shout when they praised the Lord, because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid but many of the priests and the Levites, heads of father's houses, old men who had seen the first house, wept with a loud voice. When they saw the foundation of this house being laid, though many shouted aloud for joy. Verse 13, so that the people could not distinguish the sound of the joyful shout from the sound of the people's weeping For the people shouted with a great shout, and the sound was heard far away. Today's sermon is called, Rebuild Your Foundation. Rebuild Your Foundation. Let us pray. Father God, as we are about to listen to your word, we seek your spirit and your power. We seek your strength and your grace. We seek, seek, Lord, for you to take away any pain that we may be feeling and to ask you to empower us at this moment to be able to connect and relate with you. Thank you, Father, for your love and thank you for your care. In Jesus' name, I humbly pray. Amen. The Fraser Delta in British Columbia is interesting. Because at the Fraser Delta, what you have is two things that come together at once. You have two bodies of water that come together. You have fresh water and you have seawater. While they meet, they never mix. Scientists discovered that the reason why these two bodies of water mix, I mean, meet but never mix, is because they have a different temperature. They have a different solidity and they have a different salinity. They have different characteristics. They have different properties. And that is why they can meet, but they can never mix. There are some things in this world that can meet, but they never mix. They can touch, they can touch, but never interact because they have different properties. They have different characteristics. They are built different. They are unique each on its own. They may have a common characteristic, but the details are so different that they can meet, but they can never mix. There are two things that I want to tell you about today that can meet, but never mix. And that is the past and the present. You see, the past and the present, they can meet because they are time frames. They are aspects that we talk about in talking about time. But yet the past is so different from the present because they simply operate on different tenses. We talk about a past tense. I'm doing a little grammar now for y'all. We talk about a past tense when we're talking about the past. We talk about a present tense when we talk about the present. And these two are time aspects, they can meet, but they can never mix. With this thought in mind, I want to lead you into our text this morning. The text we read from verse 7 to verse number 13 is a meeting point of two time aspects we have the past coming together and meeting with the present in particular you may not see it in all of the verses but verse number 12 reflects this idea clearly and i want you to catch it for a second and i want to read verse 12 to you of ezra chapter 3 but many of the priests and the levites and heads of the father's houses old men watch that old men right Already right there, we have a time stamp of the past. Old men who had seen the first house. Who had seen the first house. Notice the text is talking about the past. The old men who had seen the first house. And these old men who had seen the first house are priests. They are Levites and they are heads of father's houses. The leaders, in other words, who had been a part of the first generation who had seen what Solomon had built. Now notice how they interact in this current context. Notice what they do. They wept with a loud voice when they saw the foundation of this house being laid. When they looked at this house, they were looking at this house, a second house a new house with old eyes. They were bringing back the old experience and they were trying to make it mix with a new experience. They were trying to mix the first house with this house, but when they tried to mix the first house with this house, all they ended up with was tears. And the reason for that is because they were trying to act like the Frasier Delta. They were trying to bring together two things that were different, that had a different temperature, that had a different solidity, that had a different salinity, and they were trying to bring them together. Unfortunately, they were different. They could meet, but they could never mix. And trying to make things that are different mix can simply bring frustration In the context of these men, it can bring us to a place of tears. Some of us are acting like these men, these old men. We are living in the past, yet we're in the present. And we are so gung-ho, we are so focused on the past that the present is not fully appreciated and, and enjoyed. All we do is talk about how good It was how great it was how wonderful it was and because we are so stuck on the first house we are so stuck on a first foundation we look at a second foundation and we simply cry and we simply weep because I need you to know that a first foundation can be problematic I need you to know about the problem of a first foundation. You see, a first foundation can be like a first kiss. And many of us know and have experienced what a first kiss is. A first foundation can be a first promotion. A first foundation can be a first check. A first foundation can be a first trip. A first foundation can be a first degree. Yes, sometimes a first experience can be challenging and be difficult. It can be heartbreaking. But a lot of times first encounters are unforgettable and they're memorable. A first experience is nice, it's sweet, it's wonderful. And, and we talk about it. Man, uh, the first time that I went to Bali, the first time that I went to Maidan, the first time that I went to Kalimantan, the first time I went to Japan, the first time I got a job, the first time I got a kiss, the first time I got a promotion, the first time I got a check, we talk about firsts. Because firsts are good. Firsts are important. Firsts are nice because they imprint in us a memory a good memory. And sometimes the sweetness of a first encounter, we cannot let it go. Sometimes the sweetness of a first encounter, we cannot uh, pass it by. Sometimes the sweetness of a first encounter sticks with us. And therefore, because we are stuck on the first encounter, we are stuck on a first foundation, we're not willing to really appreciate another thing, a new situation, a second foundation, because we are stuck. And some of us are like nomads. Uh, moving around and willing to settle down because we are seeking for that first encounter. We're seeking for that first foundation. We're seeking for that first uh, situation. And many of us, because we're not able to replicate it, we're not able to replay it. We are simply weeping and crying like these old men. Here's what I need you to see. Holding on a first foundation can keep you on pause while life plays in the present. That's the problem of a first foundation, is that it can keep you on pause while life is playing because life never stops. The director of the movie of life, God, never pauses the movie of life because you are not willing to flow with life. You are not willing to play with life. You are not willing for life to go on because you are stuck on a first foundation. So I have news for somebody today, and I hope I'm going to help you today, that if you are stuck on a first foundation, you need to let it go because your life is on pause. Your your life is on pause because you're not fully taking in what God wants you to take in at this particular moment. You're not fully appreciating what God has in store for you and for your life. When you look at these verses again, verse 12 and a little bit of verse 13, you see something that is happening that is interesting, and I want to throw at you to see what's going on. You see the old priests, the old Levites, the old heads of fathers' houses, these old men, they were crying when they saw, watch this, they were crying when they saw this first house. But notice what happens in this text, that many shouted aloud for joy. While they were crying and weeping, there were others who were shouting for joy. It means then that those who had not seen the first house, those who were not old men, those who were younger men, those who were the second generation, they simply shouted for joy. Mm. <laughs> I'm about to help somebody right here. It's going to get good for you. You see, the old men were stuck on the first thing, a first foundation. But these younger men, we are now focused on this second foundation and what they did is, they shouted for joy. And now you may relate to this young people, we are in Indonesia, culturally speaking we are told that we are to follow the cue of the older among us, we are to follow the cue of the experienced among us. It's not polite to speak against someone who is older. But in this particular text, we have the old men who are crying over the foundation that has been laid. They're setting a bad precedence. So these young men, they say, no, we're not also going to weep. We're not going to cry. We are going to shout for joy because God has done something so wonderful. These old men are not setting the right example for us. Therefore, we are not going to follow their lead. We are going to lead and lead in worship, lead in praise, lead in showing God his honor and his glory for what he has done. So watch this. Sometimes it is good to break off somebody's lead or to start following somebody if you know they're not doing the right thing at that particular moment even if they are older than you even if they are they are your parents even if they are your boss because sometimes they may not truly reflect what god wants the moment to be like so these young men listen to me carefully they got it clearly they say you know what we respect these old men we know what they have done we know that they have brought us from jerusalem from babylon to Jerusalem. We appreciate them here and we're not disrespecting them at all, but we're not going to follow their lead in complaining and crying when we should be praising the Lord for what he has done. And so, notice what the text says that many shouted aloud for joy so that the people could not distinguish the sound of the joyful shout from the sound of the people shout. In other words, these young men drowned out. They choked the complaining of the old men, and they praise God. Somebody today needs to drown out and to choke the complaining of somebody. Somebody today needs to drown out and choke the pouting of somebody. Somebody today needs to rise up and to say what you do, and to say what you know. God has been so good to us. We may not have everything we want. We may not have everything as it should be. But praise His name. We're eating every day. Praise his name. We have a roof over our head every day. Praise his name. We have clothes over our back. Therefore, we will not focus so much on what we don't have. We're going to focus on what we do have. And we're going to praise God for it, even if it looks as not as good as what it was the first time. So I love the fact that these young brothers... Stood up in a place of leadership and they led and showing us and you and I that when we appreciate God, now I'm coming. When we appreciate God for what he has done, even though it may not look the same way, what we're doing is we're allowing life to play. We're allowing life to continue because life never goes uh, cyclical. Life goes linear. It's always forward ever and backward never listen to me again life doesn't go putar 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 uh -uh. life goes lurus aja straight ahead forward ever. That's how God operates. When you stop to complain and weep over what's not happening and what's not good, guess what you're doing? You're doing putar putar. You're going around and around but when you say, Lord, thank you for the fact that we are here. Thank you for the fact that even though it doesn't look the same way, we are here and you praise his name. What you're doing is you're going lurus. You're going straight ahead and you're appreciating what God can do and when you have that mentality watch this uh, you what you do is you leap from a first foundation and some of us need to leap over our first foundation our first job mm, our first promotion our first car our first relationship we, we need to leave all o- leap over it when we have a mentality that says what I built yesterday will not look the same as what I'm going to build today. In fact, I put this in a wonderful statement. What you build today won't look the same as what you built yesterday. In fact, let me read it better. What you build today won't look the same as the building of yesterday. That is how you're going to be able to leap over a first foundation is when you understand that the building of yesterday will not look the same as what it looked yesterday. Uh, Let me give you a little historical proof. Before there was a White House, there was the President's House. The first three presidents of the United States lived in the President's House, but the Americans and the British got angry at each other, and in retaliation, the British burned Washington DC and one of the buildings that was engulfed in the flames was the president's house so a, a president contracted an architect to rebuild the president's house and so what he did was he put together a blueprint something to 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 do and then he rebuilt the house and it did not look like the first house it looked like a different house and eventually became even what we call as the white house you see right here what it shows me is that this architect was not afraid to rebuild the president's house in a new way because he understood something fundamental that the way the president's house was built then should not look or will not look the same way. And therefore he was not afraid. <laughs> he was not afraid to make it a different house. But, uh, but many of us, we struggle. Because we are so stuck on the first house. We want it to be done properly. We want it to look exactly the same. We want to build it the same way. But it can never be built the same way because context has changed. Situations are changed. It's different. And when you try to make a building of yesterday the same as today, you're simply going to end up being frustrated because it can never look the same. Because times have changed. The way you put things has changed. The mindset of the time has changed. And so you have to take into consideration this important fact if you're going to build properly. But these old men, these old priests, these old Levites, these old fathers, uh, heads of fathers, families, they tried to build this this house like the first house. And I want to show you that uh, for a second. You see, the first house was built by Solomon, the king of the United Kingdom. They united 12 tribes of Israel. And at this particular juncture, the tribes of Israel were an independent country. They were a sovereign country. They were a free country. And Solomon had authority. He had liberty and he had sovereignty. Everything that he wanted to do, he could do. So what he did, according to 1 Kings 5, verse number 6, is that he sent a letter to Hiram, king of Tyre. And this is what he said to him. Check this out. Now therefore command that they cut down cedars for me from Lebanon and my servants will be with your servants and I will pay you wages for your servants according to whatever you say for you know there is none among us who has skill to cut timber like the Sidonians. So what Solomon did is when he was building the first house he contracted or outsourced labor skilled labor to come and work on and given the materials that he need, he needed to build the first house. Now watch this. The old men, they followed the same pattern. They followed the pattern of Solomon. Watch this. According to Ezra three, verse number seven. So they gave money to the masons and the carpenters and food and drink and oil to the Sidonians and the Tyrians to bring cedar trees from Lebanon to the sea so they followed the same pattern of solomon they contracted the same workers they looked at the same country to outsource to but there was something because at the end of verse number seven we read this very interesting text it says they did all of this according to the grant that they had from cyrus king of persia i'm about to help somebody right here check this Solomon was free, he had liberty, he had authority, he had sovereignty. But this generation of the old men did not have liberty, they did not have authority, they did not have sovereignty. They were under Cyrus. That is a totally different context. They could not build the way they wanted. In fact, they had to use money from Cyrus. But Solomon used his own money. That's a big difference already. So context had changed. And therefore, they were not building based upon their circumstance. They were building based upon their desired uh, outcome, or their ideal. They were not building based upon reality. They were building based upon ideal. They wanted to do it like Solomon. And that was good, it was nice, it was wonderful. But they did not have the liberty. They did not have the authority. They did not have the sovereignty. They had to lean on Cyrus. They had to lean on another man. They did not have, listen to me, they did not have the financial independence. They didn't even have the governing independence, and therefore they were building at a disadvantage because they did not fully understand the context. And therefore, when you are trying to build or lay a foundation without fully understanding where you are, without fully taking taking into account the circumstances you find yourself, you are going to simply end up in frustration. So it's important to understand how and where you're building. It's important to understand and to take into account factors that fit into your context. The way your parents did it in 1975 is not the same way that you as a parent should do it in 2021, in 2021. The way your brother studied and and, and went to school in 2005 is not the same way you need to do it in 2021. Times has changed, and you need to consider and contemplate the times in which you are in. Perhaps you are like Solomon. You have authority. You have liberty. You have sovereignty. You need to build based upon that that situation that you have. Perhaps you have all the money. Go ahead and do it. Perhaps you have the ability to travel to different countries go ahead and do it. Perhaps you can study in Yale and Harvard. Go ahead and do it. Perhaps you can travel all over the world. Go ahead and do that. That is your context. That is your situation. Perhaps your situation is not like Solomon's. Perhaps you are like the old men. You don't have sovereignty. You don't have liberty. You don't have authority. That's fine. Build according to what you have. Do not be pressured into meeting expectations that you cannot meet. Do it according to your situation and you're going to be so much better for it. You're going to be so much happier for it you're going to be so much more wonderful for it and you're going to appreciate the moment better if you understand the context in which you are building in so let me tell you this when you have that mindset of understanding context of knowing the situation what you're able to do is you're able to let go and leap over a first foundation. And when you have done that, what you're doing is, you are now fully appreciating the situation in which you are in now. And that's beautiful. And that's gonna help you to truly appreciate what God is going to be able to do. It's important, it's critical, it is vital that you're willing to leap over a first foundation if you're truly going to appreciate what God is intending to do for you here right now and let's take a cue from jesus when he's on the cross he's on the cross because he was able to leap over a first foundation he was able to leap over the first adam yes adam was created perfect he was created without sin but he was inspired and impressed by eve to eat the fruit and therefore he disobeyed god and was kicked out of the garden God could have been crying and weeping oh Adam you have d- disobeyed me oh Adam you've ruined it all but God says no I'm not gonna worry about the first foundation I'm gonna leap over this and I'm gonna send Jesus to die on the cross and He is going to be my second Adam according to Romans chapter 5 he's going to be my second foundation I will not throw away humanity I will make a way to bring them back And that's what the gospel is all about. God bringing us back, using a second foundation, not being so caught up in a first foundation. And the greatest of men have been those who have been willing to leap over a first foundation and rebuilding their foundation a second time. Rebuilding their foundation a second time. Because they understand that things do not always work out the best the first time. They understand that sometimes you got to redo, sometimes you got to replay, sometimes you got to rebuild. They understand that reality. And so if Jesus is able to do that, if the gospel story is all about rebuilding a second foundation, what about you? Stuck on a ruin, stuck on a situation. It's time to leap over the first foundation and to fully appreciate all that God can do. Hallelujah, somebody. To fully appreciate all the wonderful things that God is intending to do for you if you are willing to embrace a second foundation. So I want to tell you the power of a second foundation and what that can do for you and your life. It's a beautiful thing. You see, When you look at verse number 10 of Ezra, it says like this. As soon as the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, the priests in their vestments came forward with trumpets. Mm. It continues. Praising and giving thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever toward Israel. And all the people shouted with a great shout when they praised the Lord because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. I want you to see that there is power in praise. And it's connected to embracing a second foundation. You see, these young brothers, I love these young brothers, who were praising God at this moment, what they did is they harnessed the moment and the situation. hmm And they say, you know what, God has been so good to us, he's been so awesome, and we are going to fully suck in this moment. We never saw the first foundation. We never saw the first house. We've been taught about it. That's fine. But whatever it was, however good it was, we're not going to be so stuck on that. We're going to take this moment in and we're going to appreciate it. And that's where the power lies because they were simply saying God has taken us away from Babylon a place of confusion and brought us back to Jerusalem a place of peace a foundation of peace he's allowing us to be rebuilt therefore it is a great opportunity instead of us fussing about what we don't have we are going to praise God for what he has done for us and here's what I need you to see here's a statement I want to drop into your faith bank account. When you praise God for a second opportunity, mm, you lay bricks, you lay bricks to build a great second foundation. Because when you praise God for a second opportunity, what you're simply saying is, Lord, I don't know what you're going to do for me, but I'm, I'm happy that you've already done something for me right now. Therefore, I don't know what it is that you're going to do, but I'm gonna praise you for it right here, right now, and I'm going to be truly appreciative of this particular moment. Uh, Let me bring it more closer to you. You see, there are things, watch this, there are things that will never come back to you. And one of the things that has never come back to me is being a football player. In 2004, in November, I played my last football game, high school football game. And I remember that day, it was a cold Friday night. It was about 9 p.m. We had just finished playing one of our opponents, and I knelt down on that uh, core, cold uh, football field, and and I dropped my head, and somehow I knew that this would be the last. I, I didn't think it was the last, but somehow that moment was uh, a closure to a chapter of my life. You see, one of the things, <laughs> one of the things that I loved about football is what it gave me. It gave me popularity. It gave me fame. I would get cheered by uh, cheerleaders and and people talk about me and they'll say wonderful things about me. And I was happy with that. And I, I thought that going to the next level in college, I'll continue that. But God says, Henry, let's scrap that first foundation. You know what God did? God inspired me to become a preacher. And he has now laid a foundation now. But sometimes, to be honest, I wish to put on those pads again, but that opportunity has never come back again. But God has given me a second opportunity in a different way. That when I get up from my bed, I get up under the banner of Jesus Christ. And the the, the devil's kingdom is afraid because the devil looks at me as a kingdom builder. The devil looks at me as somebody who is going to pray for somebody. As somebody who is going to inspire somebody. As somebody who is going to help somebody come closer to Jesus. And therefore my life now is of a greater impact. And I'm praising God for the fact that God has given me a second foundation. He has laid out something magnificent for me. And I'm doing something for His honor and for His glory. Listen to me. Your second act your second foundation is going to be greater than the first one. It's going to be more powerful than the first one. Why? Because it will not be something that you will do on your own strength. It will be something that you do because of God's strength and that's what matters this morning that you are not doing anything and everything in this second act because of what you can do. I'm not a preacher because of what I did. I'm a preacher because of what God did and has inspired me and inspires me every Sabbath every week to bring messages not because I'm capable not because I'm astute but because he he downloads the message in my heart because he inspires me so I don't have to worry how ministry is going to turn out. I don't have to worry how much or how great of a pastor I'm going to be. I don't have to worry about that. Because all of this is been done or is done by God. And that is what Zechariah had to tell Zerubbabel, one of the old men. He had to tell him this. This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, it says the Lord of hosts. You see, God wanted Zerubbabel, to understand and these old men to understand this house that you have laid you rebuilding this house is not because it's going to be by your might or by your power but it is going to be because of my might it is going to be because of my strength and my power therefore do not cry <laughs> do not weep and be sad about this but rather be happy and be 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 gracious uh, be be peaceful, because it is not by your might, it is because of my power. And that's what I need somebody to understand. The first situation, you may not have done it by your strength and by your energy, but now believe me that God is going to work through you to rebuild it. God is going to work through you to have a better career. God is going to work through you to build a good marriage. God is going to work through you to build a better relationship. Let go of the past. Now embrace what God has put for you. Because it is not by your might. It is not by your power. It is by the Spirit of God. And today I came to tell somebody that God wants to operate. God wants to maneuver and work in your life. He wants to do things for you. And all he needs for you to do is to trust him. All he needs for you to do is to hold on to him. All he needs for you to do is say, Lord, I walk by faith and not by sight. All he needs for you to do is to trust in him. Because the last time that I checked, God is still able to speak the world into existence. His word still has power. His word goes out and it comes out to him. His word is able to recreate and do things the last time that i checked the same god is the same yesterday today and tomorrow he's still able to part Red Seas today he's still able to walk on water today he's still able to be the first and the last the Alpha and Omega he's still able to be the lion of Judah he's still the king of kings and the Lord of Lords God hasn't changed God is able to do beyond your estimation and your power beyond what you ask or think or imagine God is that great God is that awesome and you need to embrace that today that you can do it. You can rebuild. You can come back. You can lay down a second foundation. You don't have to be stuck on the first one, but you can do it because of who is behind you, because of who is beside you, because of who is under you, because of who is above you, because of who is in front of you, because of who is behind you and trust in him today. Believe in him today. Hallelujah, somebody. There is something else that inspired me about this second house to help you to understand the power of laying down a second foundation. You see another prophet besides Zechariah operated in these times. His name is Haggai. Haggai see- speaks these words in the second chapter of his prophecy in the 7th verse. This is what he says. And I'll make all nations and I will shake all nations so that the treasures of all nations shall come in and I'll fill this house with glory says the lord of hosts you know scholars they debate this text they they talk about the fact that this text does not have any messianic implications in other words it doesn't connect to jesus because they have started to retranslate this text because there are uh, some believers and some people who think that this is talking about Jesus, especially when it says the treasures of all nations, because in some other versions, it will say the desire of all nations, right? And, and, and even there's a book out there called the desire, all, the desire of All Ages or The Desire of Ages, forgive me, written by Ellen G. White, that talks about this text and it talks about Jesus being the desire of ages. So scholars dispute this text. But there is something in this text that cannot be disputed. When the text says, And I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord of hosts. You see, the first house built by Solomon had glory. It had what we call the Shekinah glory. God came down and in his brightness, you know, touched the house. Right. And and that was nice. But in the second house, guess what? Jesus came. Jesus came and he stepped in personally and entered into the second house by himself. So in other words, watch this, the second house was more glorious than the first house. Ah. The second house was more glorious than the first house because Jesus came down In bodily form and he filled this house with his glory ah let me help somebody you see your second house your second foundation whatever it is you need to lay will be more glorious than the first one because in the second one you're going to see things that you've never seen in the first one because the first one may have been something that you did by your own strength But in the second one may be something that God is asking you to do. And when God is asking you to do something it's always going to be greater and awesome. You're going to get to see a revelation either about yourself, Or the situation in which you are in. You're going to see a great revelation of what God can do for you. And therefore it's important. Supremely important. To embrace this second second foundation. To rebuild your foundation. To rebuild it again. So that you can see the amazing power of God. And what he can do for you. And your situation. And so somebody today needs to rebuild the foundation. Because I have news for you today. That God wants to do something amazing for you and your family and your life, but you must be willing to rebuild your foundation. You cannot be stuck on a first foundation because the first foundation is just that, a first foundation, but it is in ruins. And here is something that I, I, I hope you can understand. What you build today won't look the same as the building of yesterday, and that's okay. And we need to embrace and appreciate that. That, Yeah, it's not going to look the same, but that's okay. But it's going to be better and greater. I came to tell somebody today, rebuild your foundation. I came to tell somebody today, rebuild your foundation. Rebuild it. Do not be stuck on the first foundation. God wants to do greater things for you, with you, and through you. Are you going to appreciate that? and let, are you going to appreciate that moment? Would you let it slip you by? No, 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 no. Embrace it and allow God to do something amazing for you. See, somebody needs to lay a foundation again, but not a physical foundation, but a spiritual foundation. You've never accepted Jesus. You've never allowed him into your space into your place, into your mind, into your heart, but today you can do that. Perhaps you like to do that and you can get in touch with us and we would love to to help you lay this foundation with Jesus and connect with Him and let Him be who He's supposed to be for you. He is dying to enter your life. So you can say, Pastor, I want to be a part of uh, uh, faith. I want to connect to Jesus. Today you can do that and you can embrace Jesus in your life. But some of us, we simply need to rebuild our foundation. We simply need to rebuild our careers. We need to rebuild our health. We need to rebuild our families. Whatever it is, rebuild that foundation today. Every head is bowed, every set of eyes is closed as we pray. Father God, thank you for teaching us how to rebuild our foundations. Strengthen us, O God, because we need you. Without you, we can do nothing and be nothing. Strengthen us with your love. Strengthen us with your power, because without it, we are nothing. Help us so to rebuild our foundations. Thank you, O Father. In just name I pray. Amen. God bless you and take care of you. And I'm going to see you in the next one. Amen. What a powerful word right there. I hope you are blessed and that God spoke to your heart. Perhaps you have a desire to get closer to Jesus. Perhaps you want him to be a close friend to you. We are here to help you to do that. You can contact us at the number on the screen or you can contact us through social media and we'll be more than happy to be a blessing to you. Perhaps you'd like to partner with this ministry and give. You can also do that at the number below or the account below. May God bless you and really take care of you and yours. See you in the next one. God bless.